Welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show, comedy on Power Talk. Thank you so much for making us part of your day today. And what an honor it is to bring back somebody who continues to shine above the morass and and the light. She looks towards the light in her performances while juggling all sorts of domestic responsibilities and still trying to uh, find a way to be inspired during this time. And uh, in such a good time with her last time, I thought it would be uh, worth doing set too. Sarah Parada, welcome back to the Jake Feinberg Show. Hey, Jake. Thanks so much for having me again. Absolutely. You know, I just, I wanted to talk, was there um, sort of a, a point in your life when you experienced um, a shift of uh, a shift of consciousness or your levels of consciousness um, sort of you for lack of a better word they ascended um, you know it could have been um, uh, you know ayahuasca or uh, psychedelics have you have you gone into that have you crossed that Rubicon and if so how has it affected your point of view I've never done that before but I have had children and I think having children completely changed my perspective on life my my, uh it it fundamentally changed my whole perspective so explain why for you um i think it it just it shifts everything i think it it makes you a lot less selfish of a person not that i felt like i was ever really a selfish person but i i was more selfish before I had children. Um, you just have to completely give yourself to another being, and their life depends on you. And you, it opens up your heart in these new ways where you didn't realize you could love as much. And it was profound for me. Can you talk about? Um... I don't know the experience. I, I know for me, um, I it was part of my karmic sort of lineage, I think, to have kids. Um, and I know that, um, I mean, they helped me. They actually made me less responsible. And I, I know what you're saying. I wasn't selfish. I was um, just internally caught up in my own stuff. And mm-hmm. after you have kids, they're not tuned into all the you know noise so to speak of society so they're in their own world and yeah you have to you have to get out of your outside of yourself um it was very therapeutic i mean i wonder if they if they um you know when they look at their mom now i know they're not adults but um you know at at a certain point you get to a point when you're like i um you're not going to give in to all of their needs. I mean, you have to, you know, raise them to be like, you know, I, I see. I, yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Like I, I, so, I mean, was there a point it's when, true. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like it's a balance. So what, did you get to a point when you were like overextending yourself and, and, and you I've ha- definitely gotten to many points of overextending myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then I felt like I was in the clear, like once they started school, right. I was like, all right, now I can like get back to my own selfish world again. 
<laughs> but now with um, the pandemic, I'm I'm torn back <laughs> into being being a servant. Right. I mean, in so I mean, you are. Um, how much? How um, are you? Do you have anything? Like since we last talked, I mean, I feel like, you know, there is like these um, possibilities. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last time, but I just wondered, are you doing anything like performance wise for the holidays? I, I, I find you to be an incredibly charismatic cat. So I just, I think that oh, like, thank you. yeah, I mean, I, um, yeah, I, mean, I might do like a live stream thing around Christmas time. It looks like that we might be doing something at Dreamland possibly. Um, or I might do, if I don't do the one at Dreamland, then I might just do one on my own. But yeah, I'll do, um, like, I'm just trying to do little by little just to get through this strange time. Um, I did a couple of out, oh, we just have to get through this winter and then hopefully we can start getting back to live concerts in the spring and summer. You know, I, I mean, I think, like, you know, have you sort of, I hear I keep hearing people talk about you know getting through this time. I I also feel like again it's 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 easier said than done when you have major domestic responsibilities like family and kids and things like that. But I I I wonder if you can talk about if you believe that the best art is done in the you know in the hardest times. A lot of people say you know sometimes not necessarily musicians but other types of healers will some of them will say, you know, I'm not feeling like I'm really, you know, in my best self right now and, and I'm not accessing my, my superpower or whatever. And I don't, you know, I don't feel like I want to come on the show. And I said, you know, this is the most, this is the best time to do something like that. I think it, mm -hmm. I mean, it's about facing your anxieties and everybody can say, yeah, you know, it's like, we'll turn the corner at some point. I mean, there's, it's, it's just, this is so unprecedented and I just wonder if you um, you know if you feel that the best your best art comes when during the your heart the, the hardest times I think the seeds of of my best work is planted during the hardest times but maybe it doesn't always come to fruition can you can and, you give an example well I think just like because you're brought you're brought to these darker emotional places in your being and I think that that feeds your art for <clears throat> for expressing yourself but I feel like once you are making art and once you're being really active then you don't feel so dark anymore so you're you're kind of on the opposite side of that um I mean can you can you but, can you can you talk but about like, it but you can yeah. but you can express you can you can express those feelings so it's like, it's like I'm collecting, it's like, it's like I'm kind of like a sponge that's collecting this experience right now. And then I feel like in the future, I'll have this sense that's like in my inner being to come back to. Does that make sense? Well, no, I mean, I was hoping you could talk about like a time in your life when the seed was planted and then how it manifested, you know, right. later. Well, I mean, right now I'm, um, I've been... I've been having a hard time finishing songs, but I have a lot of ideas. I've been having a hard time finishing because I'm with my children all the time for the last eight months. So I get complete, I'm con continuously being distracted and disrupted 
and my focus. Um, but I keep on just coming up with ideas constantly and then, whoa. Where is your, not that, um, I mean, where is your uh, partner to take care of the kids? <laughs> he's building houses. Okay, so he's basically his, he, he comes from the, but I mean, when he comes home from work at night, I mean, does it... Like physically building houses all day. So he's exhausted. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, um, like, what do you need to complete right now? Because I want to send you some, um, some healing energy so that you can get over the, it's very frustrating to have all this stuff out there because it feels like you're going nowhere uh you're running in in, in slow motion well, i feel like that in some sense but at the same time i just finished my record that i've been working on for a few years so we just got the masters back on sunday we listened to them all and they sound amazing and so i'm i i'm really excited actually i feel like i have this really great piece of work to bring into the world probably in the spring or summer i'm not really sure how are you going to wait that long well because we um because we do shot around to get some support so that we can get some vision and get it out into the world in a bigger way you know do you believe that um that if if music was taken away from you that your soul would die jake yeah do you hear me you broke up a bit i didn't hear anything you said yeah i just not my you know i wanted to ask you if you you know if to me it's like obviously we're in an unprecedented time but i just wonder that is there anything else you think you could do in your life i mean you like you know or is is music truly a life or death kind of uh thing for you yeah music's my life it's like it's just always been i'm it's just what i do absolutely i don't really i don't really think i could i don't know i just even if i'm not performing or something i find some other way of doing it like teaching or something like that and i mean have you come to that understanding that like i mean the it seems to me that like no matter what, I'm going to go to a concert on, on Saturday. I mean, my mm -hmm. buddy's concert and I, I love the cat, but you know, I already know that it's going to be uncomfortable probably for me just because I have no problem wearing a mask, but I think they're going to want people seated. They don't want people walking around per se. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, fundamentally, I think the experience of taking in live art in general is going to be changed forever. And so I just wonder if you can about, I mean, do you have a, a big apparatus around you or are you basically making decisions? Um, because I just feel like adaptability is so important in this time. And yeah. and to think that it's going to, you know, um, I don't know. I just feel like we're really not anywhere close. To, we're clearly not out of the woods right now. But this, this whole fallacy about, um, I just don't think we're, we're going to be back to anywhere close to something normal for till probably for a year and I just wonder like really how you're going to keep your sanity for lack of a better word in terms mm -hmm. music musically you know 
yeah well I mean I keep playing music on my own and I felt like this summer was was actually kind of inspiring there were some moments where I got to play out and people we have a really good community here and people were really happy to be outside and listening to music and that felt good and it felt like we can still do that we can still reach people and um we can just be creative about about how we do it i mean it seems like i I really can you can you sing for us right now um sure yeah uh let's see i was actually i think i had a feeling you might ask me to sing. i know i knew i knew that <laughs> I, I i i felt i i I felt when you when you thought that. So yeah, no, I, I was gonna ask you. Um, so I was thinking like last time I did an a cappella thing. Yeah. I was gonna try to do like I was gonna play I have this Rhodes. I'm in my studio and oh, I have this do it. Do it, yeah. Rhodes. Dude, so put the gonna, Rhodes um, out there, yeah. Play the Rhodes and play and sing. I mean it's I don't know what the sound is gonna be like because I'm just doing it over the phone and I And you don't have to worry about that. The point is the intention is there. So just rock right. out. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah. I'm going to play a song from my record. So I might, I won't be able to hear you for a couple of minutes because I'm just going to put the phone down on my roads. Please go ahead. This is great. Okay.
All right. Oh, man. I mean, why are we even talking? <laughs> <laughs> it's so beautiful. I mean, you really are your own cat. I, I mean, it's – what is the – can you talk a little bit about that? The 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 jerk. Where did that where did that song manifest itself from? Um, you know, I started. Trump was elected. <laughs> and, um, I was just thinking about just the idea of of this of a spectrum of color and of um of good times and hard times and how it all is kind of intertwined. That it's. Like you can't just look at just the good times. You have to have the bad times with the good times, and it's all just wrapped up. It's true. I mean, it, it, everything is everything. I mean, can you talk about the messages, like in your music? Ultimately, I think that so much of today's music is based on incredible amounts of, you know, superficiality or maybe more to the point like just conditioned thinking uh the way we're supposed to think or the way men are supposed to be or women but you know when you when mm -hmm. you break it down to the source i mean can you talk about how hard is it to write a song i'm just asking you know i've never done that uh you know what is the hardest part of completion for sarah parada okay how hard is it to write a song yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what it is like, I mean, it's not like, you know, you can, you can write, I don't know, you know, you listen to someone like Bob Dylan, you're like, this is the simplest stuff, but it's brilliant. And then he'll throw in other, he'll start so riffing history and, you know, philosophy. So then it goes mm -hmm. out. But like a lot of the stuff is just like, well, I mean, that's pretty pedestrian, but I, you know, again, I mean, easier said than done. How, uh, how long how many how many uh verses do you like to i mean how long was that tune and yeah yeah um yeah i mean i i come up with a lot of i think bob dylan he writes in a in a really fluid way i think i write more i tend to write more fragmented like i mean i can write fluidly but for some reason i just the way that i end up working is just coming up with little pieces of ideas so, I mean, for me, sitting down and writing a song, it's kind of like a meditation. To me, it's like almost like a meditation practice where I, I sit and I, I just start playing and coming up with ideas. And sometimes I'll just play the same idea over and over again um, and not really go anywhere with it. Like not tell a story, but it's almost more of a mantra than, than storytelling. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the way. Yeah, go ahead. So then I, so then I'll have like a, I guess a mantra and then I'll, I'll, I'll need to develop it. So then I, then I put the storytelling into the, into that. Um, but it kind of comes in pieces for me. It's like a puzzle where I'm like, put like, I'll have one piece and then I'll have some other pieces and maybe they're not even the same song. Maybe I just have a bunch of different beginnings of songs or sections of songs and then I sometimes I try to put them together and see if they fit together and sometimes they don't and then I mean um, it basically basically I mean I, I, you know um, I, I, I would be humbled you know it's, it's the holiday season but that literally is in, the, in my writing in my, thir in my third book um, the, 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 the introduction 
and a lot of the introductions to the to the chapters i don't really write a lot in the book it's mainly excerpts from interviews but my writing is exactly that because i used to when i first started uh well you know a few years into the show i started to write these long monologues from especially for the you know the luminary cats just sort of get them out of their thinking mind and so i would write these you know a lot of poetry and it didn't really there was no fluidity necessarily even though it it was very beautiful but i would take little little fragments of that intro and plug it in with that and somehow it all just i mean it it, you know quite frankly i i um it's just funny i don't go back and 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 ruminate on a lot of my on a lot of my work i don't but I, but I did that same thing, and it actually was able to um, – it came together in this book. Now, I've kind of exhausted all of that, and I and now I have to I, – I just have a hard time just straight writing, you know. It's it's mm-hmm. uh, the idea of putting together uh, fragments is, 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 is definitely more my thing too. But it, that, that lends itself to um, sometimes I think um, – I don't know, getting stop, getting stuck – once in a while mm-hmm. yeah no I definitely get stuck <laughs> I sometimes I just write more fluidly sometimes I'll just sit and I'll just write stream of consciousness and I'll just write like long passages and I just and I don't stop and it all just flows out and then other times I just have like one little idea <laughs> which <laughs> it seems like that happens more often where I just have little ideas than like lots and lots of ideas that are all coming out at once was there any like i mean like your voice is so wonderful do you use i mean are you encouraged is there any auto-tune that's used on your records is it all no we didn't use any auto-tune so you're very that's, hopefully yeah. i hopefully i wasn't <laughs> no it was just it was it was just no it was it was that's what i'm saying like i'm saying your voice is totally in tune i mean it's very it harkens back to a different time, mm-hmm. and so uh, yeah, it's a skill. I mean, I went to I studied I studied voice voice. I went to college for voice. Oh, you did. I studied jazz, and my principal instrument was voice. Wow! So, so that's where did you go? I went to SUNY New Paltz, which is near my hometown. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Long Island cat. I grew up there. I mean, I grew up in Stony Brook. But yeah, so so tell me, tell me about what is something that I always wonder about the Academy now because I feel like, I mean, people are you used to, the Academy used to be for already professional working musicians and they'd go there um you know, to learn a new instrument or to, to get off the road and take a break because it was eating them alive. But, you know, it now it um, you have a lot of cats coming in, you know, learning, uh, you know, learning music, but there's no guarantee that there's necessarily work for them after they graduate. Yeah. But I just wonder if you can talk about if you a couple things, if you felt that um, at any cert, at a certain point, that they that you felt like you had to conform to a cert to get inside the 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 codifying of the curriculum, or did you did you feel like they accepted people for who they <clears throat> for who they were? And then yeah, well, I mean, I studied 
so I studied classical when I was a kid. I studied classical piano, and then I went to school for jazz. And in the meantime, I was writing songs that were completely different, that weren't classical or jazz. They were just my own feelings and thoughts. And God, I want to hear that. Are, are, are those available? I want to hear that. What, like my earlier stuff? Yeah. Um, I had a band called Out Loud Dreamer. Wow. Which was my first my first album that I I released. You can find it on like Spotify and stuff. Was uh was that were you, were you like doing like upstate New York tours or like what was did you go on tour for that or just you just cut an album? We just toured around like we would we would go to New York City a lot and play in the village. Wow. And we would basically that we would play around here like the Hudson Valley and then New York City. That was the I don't think we really went outside of that's cool. Yeah, no, that, I, I don't think but, we really went outside of New York State. I think we just stayed in New York State. I just love the I love the the early I mean from you know the early stuff when you don't know any better per se, you're just sort of going out like you're a little bit I don't want to say naive, but you're really it's like the most authentic self. Are you able to go back and enjoy that or is it sometimes it's Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was lucky because I I met um, some people that were older than me that liked my voice and they wanted me to be their singer and they were like in their mid thirties and I was 17. And so I ended up um, writing this record with this, this guy, this producer and bass player, um, Carl. And he, so he already was kind of seasoned. Like he had been. Right. They, they had been, they had been on the, yeah. Bands. Wow. That's interesting. And so he took me under his wing and, um, and he produced this, he produced my first record and I wrote the songs. And um, so I was lucky because like I wasn't completely alone in my first project. I had somebody who already had some experience who was helping to guide me. It was post, uh, it was post college. It was when I was in college. That's amazing. Was, See, that is that. So how did, so you were already on the bandstand um, while you were going through, uh, while you were getting your education, you're not the only cat. Yeah. There was a, there was a, yeah, I mean, I was going, I was playing bars when I wasn't, before I was 21, I was playing all these bars all the time. <laughs> now, now we're, now, now we're, now this is, this is, this is so unbelievable. This is great. Um, I- explain when you, like, I haven't vetted the album, but do you, what do you hear? I mean, I know you were sort of guided in some way you had some mentorship but i mean are the messages in there reflective of of a pre uh pre-child sarah parada more self more in into your do you do you, do you see a reflection of your own uh, yeah i think i have like i it's i mean listening to it, it it's like kind of cringy for me to listen to myself when i'm younger because it's i feel like i'm a different person now um, you are. No, you definitely like, are. I remember, like what I like, I would write these songs about, like my first boyfriend, and, <laughs> which is sweet and it's it's wonderful. But I, I'm just so much has happened since then. So when you, it's like looking at old photographs of yourself. Or oh, something. totally. Do you remember, like, can you talk about like uh, the experience that that to me seems like a, you had a lot of live uh, experience on the bandstand? I mean were you looking back on it? Did you, what did you, I guess this is my question though, about the, the Academy is like, 
you learn all this stuff. You learn techniques and history and things like that. I just, I wonder, is there something that you, to this day, can is applicable you can take from your experience in the academy and translate that over directly to live performing i mean i think definitely because we i studied jazz so a lot of it was studying how to improvise like a lot like we had an improv class i let me ask you though i mean you're you're such a hip cat i mean are you sure that is it possible to learn how to improvise i mean in a class it's really about just letting i mean it is it is it's it's actually an art there's an art to improvise i mean it's it's just practice it's just like the more you do something the better you get at it and it's kind of like composing on the spot and if you have all of this theory knowledge and you know you know how music works it's just i mean like we're talking right now we're improvising we're we're using words that we know that we learned when we were babies and we're we're formulating them into ideas and going back and forth between each other and that's improvising and it's similar when you're playing music it's you're listening to the other players they're saying something then you're saying something back and you try to make it meaningful right and then but it gets to a whole new level when you actually get on the bandstand i I guess there's it goes to a you know i want to read you this um uh, this is from my interview with uh, the bass player Gene Perla. He said, mm-hmm. um, "He said we took a class at Berkeley. Again, he went there right at the beginning when it was like a little schoolhouse. He said, we mm-hmm. took a class called Four Way Close. Mm-hmm. It's a melody line of standard tune that they would give us, mostly from the American songbook. Uh, they would give you the melodies with the chords, and the exercise would be if you have the melody and you want to harmonize it, with three other notes below the melody, what are the notes that you can use? Mm-hmm. If the note of the melody is a chord tone of that particular measure or space, that's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. That's pretty simple because there's three notes and we know four note chords. We knew that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, when there's a passing tone, what are those three other passing notes going to the next chord? Mm-hmm. It was to learn, and then ultimately they had to write their own composition and then the other cats in the class, they'd get up and perform it. Uh, is the, mm-hmm. can, can you talk about an extra? I, I don't want to bag on the academy at all. I, I just, I, I really want to know. No, I love this stuff. I know you I do. Like, I, you're you geeked I up about it. it. Yeah, I know. I love it. It's great. I mean, dude, you're playing on the Fender Roads, by the way. I could hear the, like, the, I could hear the, the, the ivory just, I mean, it's not, I could just hear <laughs> I know, it. Sorry. No, it's I so just, cool. It was just like, and then I, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, it was, you clearly are an artist. So anyway, I just, can you talk about an exercise that was meaningful for you? Because I mean, improvising in a class setting, listening, bouncing ideas off of each other, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you know, it, it, it gets a little, you become a little more inhibited and in, in a bar or club. Well, yeah, go ahead. Well, I don't know. I think the more you do it, the less inhibited you get because it becomes a skill. Right. I'm just saying, like, if you're not, if you're not uptight about, you know, maybe not perfectly being able to hear every other instrument, I think you have to push through some of that stuff because you don't have mm-hmm. everything perfectly. And then obviously, nothing's other... ever perfect. That's exactly true. <laughs> um, yeah, we had, we did so much fun stuff in school with, like, with, with um, jazz harmonies. And um, one thing that was really fun was 
like creating a rhythm, creating like like vocal, doing vocal rhythm exercises where you would just improvise a rhythm, and then the next person would improvise like a maybe a bass line over that rhythm, and we would just come up with little little rhythmic ideas that were all improvised, but it all orchestrated together. Um, that was really fun. And I ended, I, I taught music for a long time too, and I would always, that's something that I always love doing with kids, is just having everybody come up with a little tiny idea, and then everybody else builds on top of it and comes up with their idea. They listen to the, the first idea and figure out a way where they can fit into it. You know, what is your definition of the word jazz? Um, it's funny because I, because I love jazz and I study jazz, but I don't really, I'm not really a jazz cat. Like I'm not. I, well, I no, really you're not. Jazz. But I mean, like, but like, here's the bottom line. I, I, I'm with you. Like, I, I don't listen to John Coltrane, all of his records, but honestly, every interview or whatever I'm doing, if I go to a show, I'm always in the spirit of train, you know? And mm -hmm. I think that that's the point is that maybe the music you make isn't quote unquote jazz, but well, it's in the I spirit think, of that. I think actually, like, like I've thought about this before, and I think that my music is actually completely authentically jazz because I, I think that jazz is, I think the harder jazz is improvisation. That's a, that, that's spot. That's a, that's a very, that's one part of it. Definitely. So I think that, like, there's classic jazz where you listen to all this jazz from, like, the 40s and the 50s, and we think that that is jazz, like Miles Davis and John Coltrane and all of that. And it is, but I think that jazz has grown and evolved and that the spirit of jazz is, is coming up with original ideas in the moment and being free. That's interesting. You think, and, and, and that's an, that's an evolutionary definition because I like, think so, yeah. yeah, I mean, cause I'm, I came over here this morning and I, I could, and I saw these red roses and I was like, wow, they're, I'm, I'm interviewing Sarah again. And, and I was listening to Paul Desmond, um, from 75. Uh, mm -hmm. and it's like, it's so burning. It's, 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 it's Ed Bickard on guitar, Ron Carter and, uh, Connie Kay on on drums it's the i mean they're just playing standards but it's like burning it's just so beautiful it, it, it's it's not smooth I, I you know it's it's it, and it's inventive but it's also very lilting and there's a lot of i mean do you factor in like to me i i i, I come up with more adjectives to describe jazz than actual like you know uh a, def, a pure definition i mean i feel like there's an urgency and uh, almost a desperate, not desperation, but just an, a real urgency to it. And then there's a lot of dynamics. I mean, did you, were you all, are you somebody that likes to incorporate a lot of dynamics in oh, your, definitely. you know, cause that's dynamics. <laughs> yeah. There's like a lot of tension and release. It's not just straight. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's not just so many cats now. I just, they, um, it doesn't really matter what the music is, but a lot of times they turn up to 10 and, and they never change that. It, it stays at that level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get bored. Yeah, I can't listen to that. I mean, it's, it's very, so there's an aesthetic there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how deep, how big are your ears at this point? Do you feel like you have, <laughs> do you feel like you have 
um, the opportunity for your ear? I mean, I'm, I know you're going to say yes, but I mean, like in what do you feel like your ears need to grow more on the bandstand? Oh, yeah. On the bandstand? Just in general. I mean, like, you know, like, I mean, people, uh, there are like Gary Barr. I'm always, yeah. I'm always hungry for, for new music that, that inspires me. So I'm always like, I'm always like searching for, you know what? I'm actually not searching for so much, but my husband is kind of a musicologist. So he's like constantly collecting vinyl and. Oh, I didn't know. So he's not, he's not building houses all day. He's collecting. It's true. It's true. He's, it's true. I'm kidding. Builds houses at day and plays vinyl by night. Dude, so he's, (laughs) no, so he, yeah, so he gets, absolutely. I mean, that's part of the magic of of my show is that I'm, I'm, I'm collecting all the, all the vinyl that nobody else even knows about. I mean, it's all this like un, weird, uh, you know, but yet then you look at the accompanist on it and you're like, Oh, that guy played on the record. And then, you know, you, it's been kind of a magical trip. What is, so what have you guys discovered? Uh, so he's just constantly finding new stuff and just always playing like so, we are, we're always playing so much different music in my house and he's mostly he's pretty much the dj like he's the one that is searching for it and putting it on and i tend to be the one that goes into the studio and just gets lost in my own ideas uh, totally while, yeah so I, I love it yeah. like relationship with music um <laughs> but he yeah we just are always listening to different things and from different time periods and different styles and um so he's always opening my ears up to, to lots of different music. What's the, what is, what is the, I mean, is he, cause I, I, I would go, I mean, in Tucson, there's, I haven't gone since the pandemic, uh, which is now thinking about it is absolutely remarkable. It's been that long since I've actually gone to, like, I would go on these Goodwill runs, you know, like, and you can mm-hmm. find like incredible, sometimes you'll just get lucky and find like the most weird, someone d- donates a collection, but where yeah. does where does he go? So he's come across lots of collections. Does he go to so estate he, sales or does he does he go to thrift? Where, where does where where's he, the like he like just searches it out? He I mean lately it's been all online, but um, he used to like he used to find people. I don't even know how he would find them. Yeah. he would find like these people and they'd be like, oh, I have this whole collection and I like I don't want it anymore. You want to take a look at it? And then he would just. Like sometimes he came across these like amazing lifetime collections of people that didn't think that vinyl were were interesting anymore, or didn't think <laughs> that didn't want a turntable anymore, right, or just wanted to right. digitize everything. Um, and also traveling, like whenever we would travel somewhere, we would find find vinyl. Like we would, he would just kind of search out the vinyl in different places. So like in I love Europe, it. we like we found like tons of stuff in Europe and. Cape Cod, like one time we were in Cape Cod. I just want to say that, like, you know, I think he's a very lucky cat, but I also want to say that you guys are, like, I'm very proud of you, and I just want you to um, keep going through this. It's a very heavy, heavy time, and I and I also commend you for, you know, just your family for being just very good, sweet people. We need that more in this world because um and i do feel like you know um because there's a large minority of people that are living in an alternative reality that Mm -hmm. um the spirit mind 
I mean, there's no point in being in the thinking mind because logic doesn't exist for them. And therefore, on the other side, it's important to to enter the spirit mind and to try to find joy. And and I guess that that's I mean, how how happy are you? How happy are you right now? I mean, are you very actually happy? You're you're happy. That's good. I'm just saying that's I I go through like I definitely go through um, through waves. Like I, I feel like sometimes I'm on a roller coaster where I'm every like, day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> everything seems so horrible. Yeah. I mean, especially now with everything that has been going on in the world, like if you really pay attention to the news and everything, but right now I feel like the news is, is, I mean, it's so, it's actually, it's not completely on an upswing, but there is some hope on the horizon. So I'm not completely consumed in the news as much as I was like a few months ago when I was completely (laughs) consumed by it. Yeah. No, it's, go ahead. Yeah. So I feel like I've been just focusing on, on my children and my own life and just appreciating the simple things in life. I really hope we can turn the corner. I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't want to say anything out loud. I just, I, 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 I really hope that, it just it doesn't it it just doesn't feel uh natural right now uh there's so mm-hmm. much uh inequality and everything is sort of um you know there everything is sort of ripe for um i mean there's a lot of corruption all the time but just now the uh, the corruption of of decency or morality or i don't know sort of just win at all costs i i never was into that stuff i never I mean, it's one reason I don't want to live on the East Coast anymore is just because of that rat race mentality. It's not mm-hmm. something I, I'm into. Um, and and yet that's carried over into the politics of it all. And, you know, it, just to know that there's so much suffering. I'm not trying to change the world, but I just wish that we did have a more uh, compassionate outlook on it. And I, my, my fear is that even with the right people the elect with the right elected leaders there's a much there's enough cynicism and, and darkness to prevent that i mean that that was obama's eight years he got mm-hmm. he couldn't do they didn't want him to succeed at all so mm-hmm. well you know, we'll see what happens in the, run- in the runoffs in georgia in a few weeks and hopefully biden will be able to well they better win those so they can just start passing legislation you know it's just insane mm-hmm. that um it's just you know I, I I I want you to I my 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 hope for you is to that you can complete all the stuff that you want to complete and you can be proud of it and mm-hmm. that um, you know you. ultimately uh, um, you know just keep me informed and let me know when uh, when you'll be performing virtually or whatever um, yeah and my record is my record is done. And do so you know, I, by the way? Do, I'm going to send you a copy of it when it's printed. I would love. I would. Can you can you send it on vinyl? Yeah, we're going to print it on vinyl. That is so. I you know I just do you know um um there's a, a cat uh up he's a he's a publicist he has his own company uh, Kevin Calibro do you know Kevin? No. I don't know. I mean, I just feel I I I know that you um so he has a an artist uh, um, stable called the Royal Potato Family. And uh, mm-hmm. it's full of cats from 
well, our generation, you know, roughly, you know, younger cats, uh, but also just like people you would, you know, I mean, there's, I mean, he's, you know, he's pretty much into all types of different, but very original music. And I just feel like, um, it would be cool to, I would like to connect you guys because I think that, um, that it might be something that could turn into to a, a good thing if we turn the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, you may not need it. It may not come to anything, but, uh, I'll send you his, I'll send you a link to his, uh, to his website. Um, he's a, he's the most beautiful guy I know, and he's right up in your neck of the woods. So, um, Awesome. But yeah, send me the copy and 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 really, um, I I hope that that uh, your kids stop treating you like a servant. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> you know, but yeah, keep going forward, Sarah. It's 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 always good to hear your voice, and you really thank you. Uh, you rock today. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. It's so nice to talk to you. Be good, my friend. Be well. Happy holidays. You too. Bye. Onward on the Jake Feinberg Show, Sarah Parada, always inspiring. We'll be back with Rachel Thor after this.